You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. It's a women's basketball and softball edition this morning as the Bulldogs are now going to the round of 32 playing later today in women's basketball. Hey, softball's had a couple big wins this weekend. Charlie's still out west. He's in Arizona. Charlie, how you doing, man? Well, Bart, um, I'm doing okay. I watch some baseball. Um, and I tried to watch a little bit on TV, but it's been a tough couple of days. Yeah, yesterday I just turned it off. Friday night was as tough as it gets when you have a lead late and then you kind of spit the bit late in the game and then you have two outs in the bottom of the 10th inning. You give up a couple wild pitches and lose it 6-5. to five. And Friday was as tough a way to lose as you possibly can in baseball. And of course, hey, this is Sunday Coffee brought to you by our friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew. Now with four locations, you got the original location on Highway 12 and Spring Street in Starkville. They've got churn and spoon ice cream. Got the drive-through right there. You go to University Drive, you can walk up, have that walk-up window on the side right there at Midtown Village. And then in Tupelo, you got Brupelo, and then in Tuscaloosa. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, and they'll ship it to you. They'll ship you that great coffee. They'll ship you the mugs. And this morning... Charlie, I had uh, some coffee that I brought down to the farm. I uh, made my own this morning. It was great. I know you're out west. You don't have the strange brew this morning, so you're feeling a little bit under the weather. Well, it's just one of the many things that are working against my happiness here this weekend, Bart. But, um, all right, let's, let's get straight to it. Um, because I know... You don't like being in this spot any more than I do. Trying to talk about a game where, or a series of games where a team hasn't been playing that well. Look, that's probably being kind. They haven't played well at all yesterday. It feels to me, and I don't want to overreact here, Bart, but it feels to me that this is the most important game three that we've had since Omaha. Am I overreacting to say that today is the most important? game three of a series since we beat Vanderbilt to win the national championship because I look at the schedule. You got Vanderbilt coming in next weekend, and they have taken apart Ole Miss on back-to-back days. You got South Carolina. Actually, they swept Ole Miss, correct? Oh, yeah, they got all three in very non-competitive games on all three days. But you got a couple of weeks here where you got to win some games and then things turn tough on the backside. In men's basketball this year, we knew that if we could survive the front part of the schedule, things would get better towards the end. In baseball, I don't think this thing gets any easier for us. And the thought of coming home next weekend, 0-3 against the Vanderbilt team that just swept Ole Miss, that scares me. And so then the question becomes, how are you going to find it? We didn't compete yesterday except for Hunter Hines running a couple out. You know, seemed to be one of the few guys that got the ball in the air this weekend on a weekend where the ball's actually trying to help you get the ball out of the yard. 
Uh, am, I, am I overreacting to say this is a, just a really critical, important, necessary day? No, I was trying to go back, Charlie, and actually look at last year and see if there was a game three that was, was big like this. And, of course, the opening weekend last year, you had lost the first two against Long Beach State, and you had to have that Sunday game. You didn't want to get swept at home. But, no, no. Opening weekend of SEC play, you had the season like you did last year where you finished dead last and didn't make the SEC tournament to go on the road to Lexington. And I said this on Friday that it was not going to be an overreach and I was not going to be extremely happy about winning two out of three this weekend. I think Kentucky's okay. I think the their back end arms and their bullpen have been really good. It's been, it's been lights out, but it's no different than anything you're going to see in the next nine weekends in the SEC. You're going to see guys throwing 90 miles an hour with good sliders, and, I mean, that's just the part of playing in the best league in the country. You mentioned a minute ago, and, you know, we always talk sometimes about when you don't play well, and we do this on the postgame in football, is it's almost like we're, let's not get emotional, let's get factual. And this weekend, with the wind blowing out, we've had 27 ground outs and we've had 10 flyouts. So, it's you know, other than Hunter Hines, we're not getting the ball in the air. We've had a lot of weak ground balls to the shortstop and second baseman this weekend. And credit Kentucky for throwing it deep you know, down in the zone. But – you know, we are, we're just not getting any lift this weekend. Charlie, one of the things that stands out to me is we can talk about hitting. We left 13 on base in the Friday game. But, man, I have never seen anything in my life as far as the number of runs that we give up with as few hits as a team gives up. Yesterday, Gartman gave up eight runs on three hits. Gerangelo gave up four runs on two hits. That's 12 runs on five hits this weekend from your starting pitching. And some of it may be walks, some of it may be errors, but I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I was looking at just that thing last night, Bart. LSU this year, obviously, look, we, we all know what went into building LSU's team. They had some good pieces, and they invested in some additions. But they are giving up less than half a run per hit allowed. Tennessee is giving up less than half a run per hit allowed. South Carolina, same thing. Meanwhile, we are sitting here. We have allowed 121 on 100, excuse me, 121 runs on 151 hits. Basically, every hit an opponent gets against us is good for 0.8 runs. Obviously, other things have to go in that. But our run-to-hit ratio is, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Well, and and two, and this is not to pile on, but we talk about walks, you talk about hit batsmen, but I think a lot of that, when you start talking about runs being scored on the lack of hits, is when, when is that happening? When are the walks happening? When are the hit batsmen happening? It's one thing to hit a guy with two outs and nobody on base or walk a guy with nobody on and two outs. But when you look at the stats right now, this weekend Kentucky has gotten nine of 18 guys on leadoff guys. They've gotten a leadoff man on in nine of the 18 innings. But you look over the entire season. Right now, 42% of the leadoff batters against us right now are getting on base. 
42%. And so whether it be a leadoff walk, a leadoff base hit, it's when you do it. And so when you have a leadoff walk and you give somebody three outs to play with with a runner on base, they're going to score a bunch of runs. And I don't know what to attribute that to. I don't know what to attribute so many guys getting on base early on in an inning. I don't think I've seen that number before either. And I want to kind of tag one thing here because a lot of times you look at runs allowed, you look at walks, you look at errors, you look at hit batsmen, all those things. And there is rightly an examination of pitching when that happens. But how many walks or calls because you're having to face an extra batter because you didn't make a play behind them? How many extra batters do you have to face as a pitcher because you didn't make a play behind them? Defense works together. It's not just the pitchers. Uh, you get into a situation. I thought back to the game on Friday, for example, Bart. Um, I thought our pitchers were hurt a little bit by some difficult pitch calls. Um, and, you know, you get the running, the winning run at third. And I think it kind of takes away from what you're able to throw. I think throwing a slider in that spot becomes tougher. Now you can say, well, man, it's um, you're asking a lot of a pitcher to run a fastball up there when everybody knows the fastball's coming, and the answer is, yeah, you're right. But that goes to still trying to fill in a few pieces and figure out what you've got. I thought right now, though, I think one of the things that I think, look, we've obviously had some pitching issues. I don't want to misstate that or undersell it. The defense matters. And a lot of these runs are being scored, sometimes in situations where an error doesn't get put on the board. When you botch a pickoff play, the the stats don't always do that justice in terms of how your pitcher has been harmed. Yeah, and it goes several different ways there, too. You, you talk about you know, pitching being affected by not being able to play – in a rundown situation or a first and third situation or, you know, pick off at first and you throw the ball away and the next guy hits a little league home run on you. But another thing too is, is we saw this stat in the game yesterday. And of course, Luke Hancock got pulled out of the game because he had stiffness in his back and, and uh, you put high field in, in the stat that they threw up there that, that Luke, and it's no secret that Luke is the most stolen upon catcher in the SEC. But then you also look, Highfield's numbers are high as well. So what does that tell you? I mean, it's it's not all on the guys back behind the plate. I mean, you, you're getting some really good jumps. And right now, too, you know, we talk about that first and third situation and guys, you know, stealing base. The Kentucky this weekend, man, it's been like – it's like 10-U baseball. You get runners at first and third, you're taking a pitch and letting a guy steal second. And we're not even throwing it down. And so it, uh, it kind of all works together. Spokes on a wheel, man. It's not just one position that you can sit there and look at and say, this guy's having trouble. So I think, look, there are issues at the plate. There are issues in the field. There are issues in the mound. I, what was the movie that just came out? Everything all at once, everywhere, I don't know. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I mean, isn't that what's wrong with us right now? everything, everywhere, all at once. It seems to me like we have a lot of problems in a lot of different places. And so then the question becomes, what do we do? What do you do as a coaching staff? What do you do as a locker room? What do you do as a team? So that 
we aren't sitting here six and twenty four in the league and not going to Hoover. And I don't know this is I'm not calling anybody out at all because I think this goes in a lot of different ways in a lot of different places. But isn't this almost a spot where as much as we want to talk about coaching, as much as it becomes easy when you lose to say the coaches don't know what they're doing. I'm not saying the coaches don't have responsibility. Clearly they do. But isn't this almost kind of a lock the doors, guys? We got to have a talk type moment. Because some of the things that we're not doing, if as a junior in college, you can't field a ground ball, we're not fixing that on a weekend. If as a junior in college, you can't execute a first and third defensive situation, it just seems to me that there are bigger issues than just coaching. And again, I'm not leaving coaching out of this, but isn't this just kind of a lock the door and it's somebody somewhere, even if it's uncomfortable, even if they're new, has to say, all right, boys, we're about to get this fixed. Am I, am I being too elementary when I say that? No, you're not being too elementary at all by saying that. But my question would be, as of today, you're sitting here at thirteen and seven and the thirteen and seven overall, zero and two in the SEC. You're twenty games deep in the season. My thought is, you've already had that throwing fit before now. Yeah, the one thing I would say though, looking at this team, you have some guys who are really good players who aren't vocal players. You have some guys who don't strike you as that get-in-your-face tough mentality. Um, and I almost wonder, too, let's go back to coaching one minute. I almost wonder if it's not a situation where you just flip the line up completely, just do some dumb stuff. I mean, do you, do you just say to these guys who've been sitting on the bench waiting their turn, all right, today's your day. You know, Aaron Downs, took the field, buddy. Take a spot, go wherever you want. And I, I get it. I know you can't coach this thing like a 12U team. Don't don't misunderstand me. I, I'm overstating this a little bit. But it's almost like a situation some days where you just got to say, guys, it's on you. And to, to tell the guys. Like you can't much blame a guy for not performing if they haven't been given the chance to perform. Aren't we to the spot now where you just pull out all the stops? Everybody who's been on the edge of getting the chance. Isn't now the time? Other than Hunter Hines, let me ask it this way. You know, you can't take Ledbetter out, obviously. You can't take Hunter Hines out. Imani Larry's been fine, although he's had a tough weekend. Is there anything sacred in this lineup right now? Is there anything sacred in the rotation that you wouldn't just say, all right, let's give it a shot? Like you just said, Hunter Hines is really the one guy that you could say you could classify as hot. You know, went three for four yesterday, went one for five in a game on Friday. But you look up and down the lineup, and, you know, usually in baseball – you've got about two or three guys that you've got hot at one time. If, you, if you've got to have a decent season, you've got three, sometimes four, and you can overcome one guy going through a slump. And you look at this weekend, and other than Hines, you really haven't had just that great weekend at all from anybody. And so, no, I go back I go to what you just said is, yeah, I don't think anybody's safe. I, I, I would not classify anybody as safe. Do you move some guys around the lineup in you know within the lineup? I mean, do you do something different in the bottom or the top or whatever in the three spot, two spot, whatever? Do you drop Ledbetter down? I mean, those are just questions you got to have. And I mean, like you said, Charlie, it's almost to that point where you hate to say the word 
pressing the panic button. And you don't want to say that after two games in the SEC. But at the end of the day, this is Kentucky. I mean, we're not talking about the SEC West right now. And, you, I mean, you probably could have, should have gotten walked off yesterday in a 10-run rule. Yeah, I think right now it's time to be pressing a bunch of buttons. All right, let me tell you one move that I like. We didn't win the game, but let me tell you one move that I like that at the time most fans, I think, wouldn't like. And that is on Friday night, the decision to keep Durangelo in the ball game, even though he gave up four home runs in the first inning. We talked a few weeks ago. We've seen a big move even in Major League Baseball, whereas starters used to just have to go out there and gut out six, seven, eight innings no matter what to having a really quick hook for guys, going out there in the second, going out there in the third, even in the first if a guy isn't pitching that well. I thought Durangelo gave us a chance. He gave up the four in the first, but then comes back and puts zeros up the next four innings. I don't think, and so then you ask the question, okay, in terms of hitting the panic button, wouldn't, wouldn't a lot of times you've been really quick to get up and go pulling right then? Do you have to give a little more leash to some of these longer, to some of these younger guys, rather? Do you have to let some of your Ross Highfields, your Gerangelos, your Marshawns, do you have to be a little more willing with a Dakota Jordan who we haven't seen to, to live with some mistakes for a while? Yeah, I think you just got to pick who it is. Now, you know, it, it seems like we've been a little bit negative this morning. I'm not trying to be negative at all. It's just kind of factual right now. But I think one of the the positives of the weekend is the way that Gerangelo stayed in the game. He gave up the two hits, both in the first inning. I mean, the rest of the way he was outstanding. Getting didn't give up a run nor a hit in the last four innings that he pitched. And so he went five innings. And, and hey, if it's a warmer night, and Chris Lamona said this after the game, if it's a warmer night, you probably let him go out there and pitch the sixth inning. But I thought, you know, even last weekend, pitching at home against Lipscomb, same situation. He had a slow start, but then he really settled in. And, hey, let me that's not easy to do, Charlie, especially for a young guy. When you go out there and you give up four runs early in a game, you have a difficult time finding the strike zone. There's a lot of young guys that can't recoup from that. And, man, he really settled in. you got to give credit to that guy. The guy's a freshman. He's got some moxie to him. I mean, he's a, he's a silent killer out there on the mound. He doesn't show any emotion whatsoever. But I think if you're looking for positives on the weekend, you have to think the way that Gerangelo responded in innings two through five, that may be the highlight of the weekend. All right, so if you're pushing the buttons today, it's going to be cold again in Lexington. If you're pushing the buttons today, what are you going to do? We know Einstein is going out to the mound. I would guess that Highfield is going to catch today because if I know some people made light of it, but man, there is, I've only had back pain once and it was here recently. And all these years I haven't understood people who had back pain and now I get it. It's no fun. And you see that in baseball, man, that thing locks up on you on a cold weekend. Maybe he's back today, but I think that would be asking a lot depending on the severity. And you don't know if it's something, worse or more insignificant but you would i would guess that hoppy will be catching today you play hunter hines at first do you do you give it a chance do, do you start a marsh on at shortstop do you just 
And that's not knocking anybody at all. But you just say, hey, let's try something different, see if something crazy happens today. I'll just say I would have no problem with it. I would not second guess it. I would not second guess anything that happened today. It's almost like you don't second guess the great folks down at Cannon Ford of Starkville. You don't second guess the job that they do in the body shop or the service center. If you need a spread bed liner, need your tires rotated, need new tires, you need a newer used car. You can go by and see them because you won't second guess them because they have great customer service and they know what they're doing. And that's our good friends at Cannon Ford of Startwell. How'd you like that segue? Well, it was one of the highlights, Bart. You have not lost your segue game. I'll give you that. All right. Baseball today, I still think it's a hugely important game. I still think, and I maybe I'm wrong, I still think there's talent on this baseball team. I still think we can turn this thing around. But I think it's important that we get turning. That's why I think today is so important for this team. I, I don't know whether to be encouraged or discouraged by the fact that I think there's a lot of areas where we're having issues. Perhaps uh, perhaps that's an advantage because we can just clean up a few things. We're going to be a lot better baseball team. Yeah, I mean, everybody won't hit the panic button about pitching. And I understand that. Don't get me wrong. But you're not going to win many games in the SEC with three runs on five hits. And that's what we had in the game yesterday. You look at Friday night, leaving 13 guys on base. We had five runs on eight hits. We've had 13 hits on the weekend in two games. And so, like you said, Charlie, it's it's not just one thing. There's a few things we've got to clean up out there. All right. Women's basketball today at 2.30. And, by the way, we're in the Farm Bureau studio, the roving Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Agents all across the state of Mississippi. Home, life, auto, whatever you're in the market for. All right, Charlie, women's basketball today, 2.30, playing Notre Dame. First time we've played the your, your fighting Irish since, of course, that uh, – Ill-fated day in Columbus, Ohio, when D. Cantner just let him run right through Morgan William at the very end. D's not going to be there today, is she? I would hope that there is some bylaw against her being allowed to call a game involving these two teams ever again. I'm not a fan of the work of D. Cantner. I wasn't a fan before that day. That day only hardened my already existing views. Tough matchup for Mississippi State today, by the way. Notre Dame, they're good. They're not elite, and they lost their best player. They've got their guard out for the rest of the season. So, I don't know. I think you do have to give a lot of credit to Sam Purcell, though. He is, he's done a really good job putting some energy back in the program. It's amazing how fast things can fall off from playing for back-to-back championships and being in elite eights to – just candidly not even being competitive a lot of days. And last year you saw we competed hard. We just didn't have the players to do it. I think Sam Purcell's done a really good job, and I think this is a team, although I certainly wouldn't necessarily think the, the boys out in Vegas would be picking them today, I don't think anybody would be surprised if Mississippi State hangs around, competes, and makes this one interesting and maybe pulls off a win particularly with Notre Dame being down. Yeah, and you've had double-digit double, double digit wins against Illinois 
and then against Creighton, jumped out the early leads in both those games and kind of took control early. And I think today is going to be very similar. I think you're going to know probably 15 minutes into this game whether we got a real good chance or not because we have just kind of overwhelmed the two opponents we've played so far. Hey, before we go, you've been out in um, spring training. Have you run into any of our guys out there? Well, I got a chance to talk with Jonathan Holder, of course, former Bulldog closer who's out here pitching with the Angels right now. Saw Hunter Renfro play. Visited with our friend Marcus Timms, originally from Louisville, now coaching with the Angels. And then, came to a Bulldog legend, I saw yesterday Preston Palmero single in two runs for the Angels in the eighth inning, getting a turn in Major League Town. So, don't know if he'll make the team and sit down double A, triple A, what have you, but had a Preston Palmero sighting yesterday. Oh, Preston. He's the youngest of the two. Of course, you had Patrick who played over at UAB, and then Preston played at NC State. And, well, Raphael was out in Frisco. You saw Raphael out in Frisco, didn't you? I did, and it was great. Jack Lazorka, Raphael Palmero were there, and I got to listen to a breakdown of the baseball games. I sat between them for quite a while and listened to the two of them talk about how I'm pitching this guy or what I'm thinking as a hitter. And, man, it was just – it was just – it would have been worth quite an expensive ticket to get to listen to that because that was just two old baseball guys talking some ball. That was that was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I got a chance to see a couple of Bulldogs, though, and, man – that's a couple of good dudes. Actually, three good dudes. Marcus Towns, obviously, is you know, one of our all-time favorites. But Hunter Renfro, Jonathan Holder, man, just a couple of dudes. And Jonathan actually was uh, sending messages to me after the game. Um, talking about the Mississippi State game. So, um, that's the thing, too. Like, our former players really stay connected and – and keep up with what's going on. And, man, they live and die with it just like we do. You tend to think these guys leave and forget about it. Man, that's not the case. No, it's not. And, hey, how many games are we broadcasting? You're talking about something, and then all of a sudden you get a text message from one of those guys who may be at spring training or even during the season when the season's going on. And they'll send you a text and say, hey, well, that was great to see there or, you hit a home run and you get all you get is a text that says boom and it may be from one of those guys. That's what's so fun is is how engaged those guys stay with your program. Hoping to run into Chris Young today. Chris Young coaching with the Cubs out here, former SEC tournament MVP. Year the Bulldogs won that. What was that? What was that? O two? Oh one. Two thousand one. Yeah, two thousand one when we won it, Chris Young the MVP. So Hoping to run into him while I'm out here as well. So it's been uh, it's been good to get away. But I'm counting on a win today. I want to see us get up off the mat here today. I think it's important. Uh, I just don't want to see this thing get away from us here early. And I think with Vanderbilt coming to town, today is a must win. It's imperative. And the thing that hurts you, you know, we used Nate Dome the other day. We went to Nate, and well, Nate's pitched good for us all year, so nothing. He, he, man, you talk about a guy who's been a victim of the stat book. You know, he's he's had some balls misplayed behind him. It should have been errors that get hung on him. You know, gets a couple of tough wild pitch calls there. But you, you wouldn't expect to see him today. Maybe he can come back two days later. 
but you're just going to have to find some innings out of the bullpen. And boy, you got to hope I can make can give you about six good ones here today on a cold day. Oh, yeah. Well, we've got a nine game homestand starting after today. Got Tommy Raffo and Arkansas State coming in on Tuesday night. Tommy's going in the Ring of Honor next weekend when we play Vanderbilt. They'll have that Ring of Honor ceremony next Saturday. And, of course, the three games this upcoming weekend against Vanderbilt, you've got a 6 o'clock start on Friday, 2 on Saturday, then 1 o'clock on Sunday. And so Mississippi State and Vanderbilt next weekend. Hey, we we talked about Mississippi State and Kentucky on our Tracks Plus deep dig on Friday. Of course, Tracks Plus with that great heavy equipment for the Forester, the Barco equipment. You've got the Saney excavators and mini excavators, TracksPlus.com, new or used equipment, You've got motor graders. You've got anything you possibly need in the heavy equipment world. Go by and see our friends at Tracks Plus, now with five locations, Hickory, Mississippi, Startville, Columbus, Summit, Mississippi, Alexandria, Louisiana, and now in Bessemer, Alabama. Go to TracksPlus.com. And also on our Friday Deep Dig, we talked about Heartland Catfish. And Heartland, who's producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish you can possibly want, right here in the Mississippi Delta and they service great restaurants around the southeast. And we talked about the Crystal Grill. Charlie, I actually thought about going over to the Crystal Grill today. They've got those high meringue pies, but you got the catfish to get it all started, charbroiled, fried, however you like it, blackened over at the Crystal Grill. Absolutely one of the best places in the state of Mississippi to go for a meal. And I can't, we do it three, four times a year, Charlie. And we talked about it on Friday. Absolutely one of my favorite places to go, and that's the Crystal Grill over in Greenwood, Mississippi. All right, you got anything else for the good of the cause? No, let's just go get a win today, and my calls will be made a lot happier. No, no doubt. Bulldogs in Kentucky, 11 a.m. Mississippi time later this morning. And you hate to call it a must-win, but I think it is. It's a must-win day today as the dogs take on the Cats. Game three on a cold day in Lexington, Kentucky. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Thanks to our good friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew, go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Tracks Plus, Cannon Ford of Startville, and Heartland Catfish and the Crystal Grill. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.